0: say a torso,
1: but you know what a torso a fucking a torso. hello and uh welcome to this episode of bottleman today it's me riley and we are joined by uh shock jock reina doris host of world cafe on npr formerly cbc radio and toronto's Indie 88 how are you doing
2: i'm doing well thanks for having me mm-hmm.
0: i mean i i personally i'm very excited to uh when dan said shock jock i assume you're here via uh howard or is it opie and anthony oh, oh, compound media's very own Raina doris <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> i left all my toilet flushing sound effects at the office unfortunately
0: <laughs> Ah oh, oh, well, that's it. That's it. Pack up the episode. Nothing more to see here. Yeah, was, we'll come uh, back.
2: We'll regroup when I have like yeah. my kazoo, my bike horn,
0: all that stuff. I was I was hoping for some fantastic stories from Anthony Cumia's uh, <laughs> <compound>. <laughs> His fabulous fabulous party with uh, him and Louis J
1: Gomez. Perfect. <laughs> I was I'm just here for the soundboard, basically. That's just yeah. Me.
2: Um, you know, I did used to have a soundboard when I was at Indy eighty eight, and I miss it very very much. Well, they only do that sort of thing on like CBC and NPR. You can't like you know play an air horn in the middle they, of the break. They, People are they don't trying give to do you, the dishes quietly. They don't
1: give you the option to press a button and it sounds like a giant spring going like uh,
2: nothing like that. No boy-o-yo-yoing sound. Nothing.
1: Uh, I I think that it's actually very
0: exciting that Bill C ten is finally going to make CBC Radio have a uh, boy-o-yoing
1: sound. I assume <laughs> that's, that's what, what, what it's doing. About. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna have to be Canadian boy-o-yoing sounds. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Only no, of course, yeah, it's gonna be
0: it's it's gonna it's gonna be like like uh just sort of le it's gonna be less like polished than the American boy yoing sound. Oh, uh, I was gonna make
2: I was gonna say like an about, like it'll be like a boo boo Yeah. instead of a yeah, boy oing. Right.
0: No, I'm personally excited for like. uh, Canadian Howard Stern, where uh it's it's he likes to say he's more polite, but it's actually the same thing and he's sponsored by Suncore Resources. <laughs> <laughs> So we but before we get into all the stuff, do you see that the uh there's that uh, that NDP candidate in Cal I mean but what better the NDP candidate in Calgary oh my that's God, just yeah. the former HR director from Suncor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what? I've yeah. yeah. never heard about this. Yeah, there's an it's, NDP um, candidate in Calgary that is literally the former HR director for Suncor. Uh just you know, just bringing the energy to that the left needs. Yeah, uh, yeah, her it's name is
0: Bringing
2: Everything Together.
0: I mean, yeah, like they basically someone who does diversity training for like an oil fields company is exactly what the Western NDP is. Oh my god! Ah, <laughs> uh, what a what a fant what an absolutely fantastic country we have! What
2: a real government we have! What a
0: what a yeah, real I-
1: tangible government. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, it's wh- the key is it's distinct from the HR department. Of the mining and oil refining firms, it's different. <laughs> it's in a different building, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. Some other of other differences. They might have, like, they might share an underground cafeteria. You know, uh, <laughs> some of the same names might be on different doors. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't think oh, about that.
0: I've, I think I've figured out the differences between the parties, which is that the conservatives are like the guy who works on the oil rig who's like smeared oil on his own Bernard the roughneck smeared oil on his own face to go address parliament and make it more realistic. The NDP is, uh, the, the liberals are the marketing department, the guy, the head, the guys, the head of the marketing department at Suncore resources. And then the NDP is the HR people at Suncore resources who like, you know, uh, tell you that you can't use certain words in your emails, you know, and, and that's then that's who sense. we get to choose from. It's whatever department Canadians want.
1: Mm-hmm. We can make a strategic uh, choice. Or who's yeah, absolutely uh, it's beautiful really,
0: so, especially in such a real country as ours <laughs> yeah.
1: today today's episode is all about how real uh, how real Canada is um, what a what a solid uh, tangible thing it is and um, it's, it's kind of a royal sampler of realness um mm-hmm. And and what I want to start with is is an update on uh, a series that we've been running, a story that we've been following uh, very closely, which is uh, the Victims of Communism Memorial. This thing just keeps – it just keeps getting better. We keep getting better news about it um, as it uh, nears completion. So, so, basically, even though the vetting process for the individuals, the ideas, and the organizations that we will all be paying – To be memorialized by this fantastically expensive piece of public architecture even though that vetting process was supposed to be concluded
0: successfully i imagine right they got rid of all the controversial names yes Uh, like like they but they they kept vietnamese land reform tell me they kept vietnamese land oh it's
1: it's still on there vietnamese land reform is still uh uh, is still a victim of communism It's many other concepts government. and
0: people. It is a brick a brick on the pathway to
1: freedom. That guy that fell out of the guard tower, he's still on there. Uh <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a piece of vinyl clapboard <laughs> on
0: the uh suburban house of uh self-determination.
1: Yeah. Uh Otto von Schlesinger who stubbed his toe uh walking towards Moscow for some reason in uh late nineteen forty-four. <laughs> Yeah, he's still on there too. Um so even though that process was supposed to be concluded, um it has recently come to my attention that Tribute to Liberty is still taking donations and still adding names uh to their uh their their pathway to liberty. And and the the latest name to be added is incredible. It is uh Wouldn't be
0: controversial, right?
1: Uh, not at all. It's um the Order of the Knights of Vitej now have a brick on the people mover to freedom <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, for those listeners who don't know uh who maybe don't know who the Knights of Vitej are uh they might be familiar with um the, with this name this might be rattling around in their heads because sebastian gorka um everyone's favorite bond villain um was. Photographed wearing a Viteji Rend medal at Donald Trump's inauguration. Uh, Gorka inherited the medal from his father, who was awarded it in Hungary sometime during the late 1930s, early 1940s. for I'm- Another one?
0: <laughs> I, I did that. Come on. <laughs> Another one of these? I, I, I mean, I assume it was for like, although I assume it was a liberal medal for resisting both communism and fascism, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, it was a it was a freedom. The the order of freedom. Yeah. yeah. The order the order of the knights
0: of the horseshoe.
1: Yes. That's right.
2: Wait, how do you spell Vitej? Uh
1: it's the order of Vitej. So uh, Knights of Vitej, V I T E Z. Oh Vite Okay, I thought Vitej, you said.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, the the, mm-hmm. the rend. Um
2: oh, it's a pretty flashy badge.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful oh, crest. Yeah. So the- If you're if you're a um Let's just say, if
0: you're a uh, European knightly order with a flashy crest, where your first inductions were in the 1920s and your last official induction was in 1944, chances are that you've got a bit of a uh, checkered past, as well as a you know a, a checkered field upon which a stag yeah. may run rampant.
1: Well, Riley, I mean, if you are an order of Central European knights uh, who started in 1919 and you've only had five people holding a position of leadership and three of them uh, have the surname Archdukes.
0: <laughs> look, I I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, I'm pretty I mean, look, it's not as though even like this, you know, United States State Department would say that the order of Vitej was an institution that was directly controlled by the Nazi government of Germany, specifically, right?
1: <laughs> well, that, well, as a matter of fact, they did, and uh, oh.
0: yeah, I, I mean, again, the State Department, of course, identifying uh, the order in such a way as prime recruiting target. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we this have, is this is, the, this is the CIA farm team. We have a we have a stationary themed operation that you might be interested in. <laughs> um so this this order like you know just obviously like a lot of these um pre fascist uh you know societies nationalist societies or or knightly orders like this um who who went through the second world war siding with the Nazis and then eventually uh quote unquote resisting them at the end there's a lot of um there's a lot of like historical whitewashing going on when you read about uh the Knights of Vitej. Um their own especially from their own literature. But you know, the the, the most damning thing about them is that uh w- when the Arrow Cross Party came to power in, in Hungary, uh their activities became uh, let's say, murky. And uh by 1944, the Hungarian Interior Minister and Vitej member Laszlo Andre was helping Adolf Eichmann round up and deport over four hundred thousand Hungarian Jews, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're thinking about this order, that's what you need to think about, and they have a brick on this monument that our government is is paying for um, and I think Vitej is a bold addition, maybe one of the boldest so far, given their visibility um yeah, so
0: a- I mean look, look, Shuk- like Shuk- Shukievich and Pavlitch were both like uh, lunch pail Nazis, but um like they but Vitez is like the first hot really really like high profile famous draft uh, pick that the uh, the Victims of Communism Memorial has been able to like get through. Um and you know I think this is going to really uh raise the profile of what appears to be a um yet another of canada's many war memorials uh to uh the nazis
1: yeah i agree um and and it it doesn't really seem like they're in any hurry to like hide any of the more controversial names that are on this uh that are being memorialized here Because they recently published this spring newsletter so tribute to liberty has a spring newsletter um which is uh you know, basically details the great leap forward that they've made in funding and construction um, since Freeland announced the 2021 budget. Um, It also has a couple of pages that include some of the dedications from the Pathway to Liberty that we've gone over on the show before. And notably, uh, one of those dedications is for Roman Shukievich, the Noctagall Battalion Commander, who's, you know, like one of the most egregious names on the list by far. And the fact that they'd include him in... uh, Public documents, you know, PR, just kind of shows you where their head is at.
0: It's like if you made it's. It's like if you were, were di- if you were in America, right, and it was nineteen fifty three, and you put up a billboard with everyone you managed to get over under Operation Paperclip. <laughs> like, hey, everyone, look how look how well we did. <laughs> <laughs> Another Nazi spared the hangman's noose. Congratulations, everyone. Really knocked it out of the park.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the other, you know, like I this led me to read again through the names that were dedicated, and i and interestingly enough, so the Ante Pavlovich brick is still listed, but the dedication has been mysteriously removed. Um and that kind of got me thinking, basically in crowdsourcing and continue to crowdsource uh get crowdsourced funding and dedications from various diaspora organizations and individuals, Tribute to Liberty have put themselves in kind of a sticky pickle. uh, Because, of course, fascists are going to end up on this monument. And, of course, fascist organizations are going to donate money to this monument because that's what this thing is for. The problem for Tribute to Liberty now is how much, if any of this can be obscured from the public... And who's the first group that's gonna publicly push back against what they perceive as like internal censorship? Um, my guess is it's gonna be the Ukrainians over Shukevich because they fucking love him. <laughs> and they build statues to him. Uh he's achieved an almost like godlike uh sort of uh standing in their in their pantheon of, of uh fascists, you know? So I mean I I, I sort of wanna wanted-
0: Right. So you're as a Canadian journalist working primarily in the US, like has uh, we've sort of, I mean, when I say we, I mean, Dan has basically been just uncovering this sort of um, piece by piece by like looking at documents and, and so on and so forth that we've been talking about it. But like, has anyone in the sort of American news taken notice of the sort of real enthusiasm for Nazis that we have in Canada?
2: I would say no. I think that the perception of Canada largely in America is that it is like a boring paradise Mm -hmm. Um, or not even a paradise. Isn't It's like I I get two reactions when I talk about Canada here. One is people saying you moved here. Why? Mm -hmm. And the other one is just eyes glazing over entirely Mm -hmm. as I talk about something and people check out completely. Um, But I really think that politically, like nobody that, you know, at least like in my standard sort of day to day or even like watching the news here, you, you never see people talk about Canada uh, having an affinity for the Nazis, really. Also, I feel like uh, America has its own victims of communism memorial, it does. which I see. I have, like this. I've been following along with this a bit. I feel like I learned a lot in the last like five minutes listening to you guys. And finally, when it actually looked at what our the Canadian one is supposed to look like. Very underwhelming. Yeah, it
1: looks like shit. It's,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's just it looks like awesome. cardboard
0: yeah yeah oh absolutely um, absolutely it looks like a kind of an, an unfinished version of something you know yeah nowhere to, nowhere, think, to sit, and nowhere to sit and even if there was somewhere to sit there would almost certainly be hostile architecture
2: the uh sitting is for the socialist, artist really. rendering the artist rendering literally has people just sitting on the ground <laughs>
0: <laughs> chairs those are dead those are communists you sit on the ground or you stand that's right Pull yourself
2: up by your bootstraps yeah, yeah. um yeah, no, I don't I don't really hear people talk about that here, but then again that's like, yeah, my point is, I don't really hear people talk about Canada very much at
1: all. I mean, <laughs> there is a Victims of Communism Memorial in Washington D.C. and uh, you know, in doing research on this, uh Riley and I were shocked to discover that the D.C. Victims of Communism Memorial is not only smaller, it cost a fraction of what ours did. <laughs> so-
2: Yeah, it's just so strange that they want to make this big, huge. Like, that it's such a priority.
0: Oh, it was going to be bigger when Harper was in charge. Yeah. Also, I just
2: noticed their latest uh, post on their Facebook page from Friday. um, Somebody posting that they were upset that the Ontario LCBO is selling a Romanian vodka promoting the brutal, murderous dictator, Joseph Stalin. And they're trying to tear down... Oh, that's so funny.
1: I mean, would you believe, <laughs> Rania, would you believe if, if I told you that this is not the first time this group of people has been mad at a vodka?
2: Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my.
1: I actually looked into that a bit and um, Stalinskaya is uh, the, the Romanian uh, company that makes it. Uh, if you read their literature, it basically says, uh, you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with Stalin. It's, it's supposed to be the vodka of steel. You know, whereas whereas uh Stalin was the man of steel this is the vodka of steel so mm-hmm. yeah so
0: this is this is just some people getting just getting mad at a, co- at a coincidence of language effectively pretty much yeah. yeah yeah excellent great uh i i love the um i mean often it is said right that like the the, the sort of you know further uh further right but also deeply facebook elements of any culture need something that's politically inconsequential that they can just sort of play with uh, i guess this is kind of that for them right mm-hmm. where it's like they they can just it's a facebook group for them to get mad about like you know a vodka they haven't understood properly um it's
2: like a busy box
0: yeah, yeah exactly it's sort of like that's what it, i think what what has to happen is The Victims of Communism Memorial should always be under construction. (laughs) It should never be finished. And it should just be there to kind of absorb the political attention of just all of these uh, simpletons who are uh, (laughs) mad at who are who who want it to like, you know, I don't know, know, memorialize uh, some SS division that they miss you know it's it's just there to sort of soak all of it up but it's a never ending money pit and it never actually stops yeah it's it's, it's just there as the we, we Canada has, may have actually perfected the busy box <laughs>
1: I also I also have a feeling just thinking about this over the last couple of days again, like I have a feeling for the, a lot of these people getting what they want and what their parents wanted and indeed what their grandparents wanted. Where, Well, it might not be as satisfying as, say, uh, Christia Freeland's family getting what they want and having a Ukraine that is now, uh, you know, engaged in civil war and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, a, a Ukraine where <laughs> the
0: heroes will finally be honored, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. uh,
1: Ukraine you might say that uh gives glory to the heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could say that. It, well, well it might not be that satisfying. Um I I think their quest to get what they want, which is have um their ideology be uh recognized and validated uh is going I I feel like now I feel like is going to backfire on them. Because mm-hmm. The more public this becomes, and it has to become public because it's being paid for with public funds, uh, the more public it becomes, the more totally absurd it is. The more they put, you know, the order of the things like the Order of Vitege on, the more that people who don't necessarily care about history or politics are going to say, this fucking sucks. Why are we paying for it? <laughs> you know, yeah. That's my hope, at least. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, like. Obviously, like people are gonna notice when you if they ever actually get around to building this enormous thing, you know. And the, Yeah. I feel like there's gonna be the Venn diagram of people who are gonna complain about public money going to this memorial. It's like a circle with the people who will want the memorial.
1: <laughs> yeah, there has to be some kind of tipping point with the with the conservative element that hates communism, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Um But so the The man who has the final say on on which names get put on this uh, is the is the heritage minister, uh Stephen Gilbell. and he recently uh, besides you know uh, besides approving approving this monument, um, he's also been involved in one of the sort of more controversial pieces of legislation that's come down the pipe uh, from the Liberal government. And has done a terrible job at telegraphing the meeting of this legislation to the public. And I'm talking about bill C 10.
2: (laughs) Oh no, that you nailed it by saying that, uh, they've done the worst job ever of selling this piece of legislation, whether you agree with it or not. (laughs) It's just like, like, uh, uh, Gilbo is like, just at one point he was like, some people want net neutrality. And then they had to send out a memo right after (laughs) being like, we think net neutrality is fine. Uh, we don't know why he said that, because he's like a rookie MP who became the Heritage Minister. Yeah, he has no idea what he's doing out huh. there. And funny I, how I
0: rookie MPs keep on <laughs> getting promoted to all of these senior positions in Trudeau's government, <laughs> and then do crazy Weird. things like uh, you know severely bungle the rollout of Bill C ten, or I don't know, um, accidentally memori- uh, put government funding into a Nazi memorial. <laughs>
1: Oops. Or uh, or rush past the finish line to be first to declare one uh, Guido the rightful president. <laughs>
2: oh God! Um,
1: so so Bill C ten is Bill C ten is the thing your uncle in Penticton is worried is going to result in the RCMP confiscating his Microsoft Surface after he posts a bunch of Frazzle drip videos. <laughs> like
0: yeah, and what. Oh, go ahead. And when you become uh, mayor of Penticton, you'll make sure that you protect those Microsoft services.
1: Well, okay. Uh, part of my mayoral platform uh, for Penticton is that we we are creating this the C10. We're not going to need it because we're going to be creating an entirely separate internet for your uncle to play with. A busy box, if you will, Riley.
0: Yeah, perfect. You could, And there's going to be Penticton content rules, PenCon
1: yeah all powered by clean boutique nuclear energy
0: <laughs> uh, no, so as i've i've been sort of looking at sort of at, at bill c10 and trying to sort of understand what it is what we're trying to like do with it where it fits in the sort of history of canada trying to like create media law and sort of as i understand it right it, it's sort of on its own terms it's sort of an attempt to an attempt to for can or the Canadian government, the Canadian uh, uh sort of relevant ministries to reckon with the fact that, you know, um people are consuming uh sort of news and other um entertainment content slightly differently now than they were us in you know uh thirty years ago.
2: Yeah. It's sort of the CRTC's response to the internet existing yeah,
1: they're just on time <laughs> 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 Fucking nailed it, no, guys. that's a really good way to put it yeah uh, i I, yeah. I can't
0: wait for them to tangle with web 2.0 when uh in like God. 2130
2: uh i i feel like when i when i first started sort of oh did we lose oh sorry you guys weirdly switched yeah, on my screen right. and everything just changed okay we're back we're back um When I first started reading about Bill C-10, I was confused about why no one was talking about this really outside of like mainstream news articles, mostly right-wing news articles being like, we're never going to be able to post memes on Facebook again. Um, But then I I read a bunch of stuff about it, and then I realized the reason no one's talking about it is because it's incredibly dry and boring to even try to get through. Uh, And like you end up with a million tabs open referencing other government you know, mm-hmm. websites which uh, you know, all feel like they were designed by sadists who hate you. <laughs> um so but yes, yeah, so basically what they want to do is put similar similar regulations that traditional broadcasters have on streamers and web content developers, which is where it gets mm-hmm. a little muddy and where people have been getting very upset. By the way, it also uh passed through the house yeah. Today, like this, yeah, morning. at
1: one thirty a.m. Yep. last night, a, a perfect time yeah. when no one is paying attention. <laughs> perfect, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: Yeah, just dead of the, uh, an, another so great way to sell the they're bill, they're
2: going to try to get to the Senate. Yeah, so they're taking. The, they want to get it to the Senate before the summer break. Uh, yeah. And anyway, so it so that obviously also has uh, incensed the conservatives who think that they're just trying to shove through a secret <laughs> censorship bill, um, but. I think like the funny, to me, the first thing I thought of was like how funny the idea is that Canada thinks it's suddenly going to regulate the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Like a Mountie is going to show up at your house and unplug your computer. Like it doesn't, uh, I feel like it's it's a really outsized um, uh, goal that they're setting up to accomplish. uh, If that's actually what, you know, that's what some people believe that they're trying to do. Yeah. Um,
0: So I mean I I understand the history. So the history, I think it's best understood in terms in terms of what you're saying in terms of its history, right? Where you have 1991, we sort of say, okay, here is our our rules for media and that includes that includes lots of stuff like broadcast fairness but one of the most dip- mm-hmm. th- one of the things that makes it very distinct from other kinds of sort of you know bog standard national media regulation bills is that we have our um our can con rules uh that gave rise to such uh wonderful shows as corner gas um for example uh if you want to hear about more corner gas up. maybe in a couple of days you might hear us talking about it with our friends from each chain um That's right.
2: Other great shows like Battle of the Blades, Family Feud Canada, uh, Canadian Idol, all of these great Canadian shows that we love and are telling Canadian stories.
0: Uh, Heartland, for example. Uh, What... Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Anne of Green Gables, one through two hundred. What, what if Little on Heartland
0: on when he prairie. tries to give the woman his email address to email him if that if the horse gets sick again <laughs> and he's worried he was too pushy about giving her his email address? The story would never have been told without nineteen ninety one.
2: These are Canadian stories. Well,
0: anyway, uh, so what what we had right is, uh, and and that's relatively easy. And, and what they did at the, when they made those laws, right? They had the tools to address terrestrial broadcasting and satellite right and what mm-hmm. they're trying to do is they're saying okay we may we needed to have cer if you wanted to be a, you know in the canadian media market you needed to either air or fund certain amounts of cancon we had to put sort of canadian we had, to, we had to make sure that canada doesn't get its culture industry eaten by the u.s which despite how much we mock canadian canadian content that's a fine idea uh it's good to have a nationally subsidized culture industry, despite the fact that Brent, Butt gets to have a job for life. Um, <laughs> Anta, yeah. yeah, there are always going to yeah, be casualties. Right. Um, <laughs> well,
1: I mean, just as an aside, for instance, it's going to benefit me. Uh, these laws are going to benefit me because recently the Quebec uh, government stated that all music played in Quebec government buildings has to be Quebec law in origin mm-hmm. has to be from Quebec. So I went down to City Hall with a box of Wolf Parade CDs <laughs> which I gave them for free cuz I believe in this program. <laughs> and I know and I know that they're going to be playing Wolf Parade, they're going to be playing Arcade Fire, all the great Montreal bands are going to get played, you know? All okay, this great you, Quebec the content. The theme
0: song to Bon Cop Bad Cop 2. <laughs> um, no, but so what they've basically t- done is they've taken like these core concepts and they they have based on this report that was written by uh, Janet Yale, who was a uh, TELUS executive vice president and Canadian Cable Association chief, sort of tried to say, OK, we, the you know, the terrestrial TV uh, is and, and radio is kind of um, no longer what it once was. Uh, p- people are no longer tuning into Turner Classic movies. We don't know what's going on, but we're no longer going to get our sweet CanCon budget from that. So what we need to do is we need to apply this principle to the internet. And so this this independent panel for, with Janet Yale uh, produced uh, 97 recommendations. Uh, many of them sort of seem... Again, all uh, 97 recommendations are going to be varying in quality, but I kind of... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I expected the recommendations produced by a former Telus executive vice president and chair of one of Canada's many, um, like uh, you know, uh, uh, you might say, a uh, cartel-style industry associations would have been much, 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 much worse. Instead, it just seemed to sort of miss the point, as opposed to being mm-hmm. actively harmful.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of weirdly benign. Yeah. Like- I mean, I mean that's,
0: that's, my, that's my impression, but uh, you, you know more of, about this sort of whole industry and so on than I do, of course.
2: I mean, I think that, uh, I think it is important to point out that like the Canadian Association of Broadcasters is like, they are totally behind this. And when you look at their like members of the Canadian Association of Broadcasters page and click on like pretty much every single uh, station in every single province, um, almost the, the, logo, the logo you will keep seeing is CTV global, it's like the same places in every single place. Like it's all owned by one uh, or by like maybe two or three big, huge companies. Right. And so
0: I was worried. (laughs) Exactly. I was worried for a second that, you know, um, one of the like sort of sinecured appointments that like former industry execs get when they're asked to write Canadian government policy (laughs) wasn't just going to be a massive cash grab and that the premise of our show would have been undermined. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: exactly what I think that they are trying to do. But it's like, I think they still, like, they realize, I'm sure, that if you uh, make it really obvious, then people might. I mean not that it matters right cuz no. I don't know like they make it really obvious all the time. Canada play pays some of the highest like wireless rates in the world because of the CRTC which is run by the yes. exact like that's all the same guy making these decisions, right? <laughs> so it's like I have no faith in them to to uh to do the right thing here. But what I actually think is the the part that doesn't make any sense to me about this um is that we already know what it looks like when broadcasters and and, and uh, you know these services have the money and put this money into like the Canadian Media Fund or into um, like Factor or things like that? There, that's mm-hmm. still a flawed process with how that money gets taken out. So when a when a uh, I I know the radio side better, but if you're a commercial radio station, you have to pay into a few different. Uh, funds factor being one of them different grant systems that go out to artists. Dan, I'm sure, you know, uh, all about that. Um, I do. and every year there's lots of complaints about who gets these grants and who doesn't. And, um, that's like, I, th- and I think that the radio side actually works better than the TV side. Um,
1: I agree. I would, I would totally agree. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but if we're talking about streamers and we're talking about things like, you know, Netflix, um, all you have to do is look at Bell and CTV's new fall lineups they just announced. Mm-hmm. Every single show in primetime is an American cop show. Like, everything is either called FBI, CSI, mm-hmm. you know, FBI, CSI as one word, whatever it is. Um, so it's like, even now, when they're paying into these funds to make these Canadian shows,
0: mm-hmm. we're not seeing them anyway. We're going to so, get Canadian bones. You know,
2: that's the thing that I don't really... <laughs> I don't really buy what they're saying here that they like need these streamers to subsidize Canadian media, even though I do think like on a certain, like I think it, it is a nice idea. It's not something I like don't like, but it just doesn't, I don't really see it.
1: I mean, my experience with grants, like the, the idea of a factor type organization subsidizing like Twitch streamers is, (laughs) I mean, I can see, I know exactly how that's going to go wrong. Yeah, they
2: should be subsidizing the-
0: podcasters. Every,
1: yeah.
2: every year and- around the time Factor uh, applications went in, I would just get a deluge of letters from labels and bands that I knew being like, here's a form letter, can you just sign it? So I'm very mm-hmm. excited for like when that happens with podcasters, when it happens with Twitch streamers, and I can just start signing all of those. <laughs>
1: yeah. well, there has been a push at Factor to sort of include streaming, especially during the pandemic, to include streaming in their sort of grant allocations you know Mm. um which i which i don't necessarily think is a bad thing one of the one of the things that is i mean we've been talking about it but the idea of discoverability like this bill is essentially framing cancon as they've rebranded it discoverability,
2: (laughs) right like how exactly are you planning to have people discover this stuff
1: is well, but from what from what I could tell, you know, uh, Gilbo gave an uh, incredibly uh, just just like bungled interview uh, to CTV, and no
2: way did he. And that, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he just he just got steamrolled, and like that that was the interview that uh, the government had to walk back or quote unquote clarify parts of. But he he was basically said that influencers with large amounts of followers would be subject to new CRTC rules. But <laughs> so they see like a like Minecraft how? like
0: a Minecraft streamer called like the official Dirch is going to you have like, a like, check. to yeah, It's going to have to like build the Canadian yeah. flag.
1: No, that's that's basically it. You know that's kind of what he was saying. Then he had to walk it back and it kind of became clear in its uh, unclearness that, that they have no idea what they're doing. They you know that that it is it is really trying to put, like, the sort of uh, circle-shaped peg of the internet into the square hole of, like, a 1991-era broadcast law. It
2: does like, have the feel, when you're reading it, of being written by someone who's only ever used the internet for, like, MapQuest. Yeah. Like they've yeah. never, ever used it for fun or or for getting any kind of information or being entertained. They're just like, I know that's out there. I know my kid uses it. Uh, and I think we should stop that right now. Um, it is.
0: We basically got like the Canadian version of Ted Stevens to write this bill, uh, who is the guy <laughs> yeah. who you might remember as the senator who talked about how the Internet's not a big truck it's a series of tubes. We got that oh, yeah. guy. We got the series of two. Because like, the thing is, right, when we talk about... Well, I think what what they seem to mean when they talk about discoverability is they're saying, ah, the algorithm in Netflix or the algorithm on Twitch or on YouTube or whatever, it's just serving people, you know, best of bones season five. We need to serve people best of Canadian
1: bones season Bo- five. Canadian bones. Yeah. Best of yeah, Saskatoon bones.
2: Again, yeah. that's that's not even really, I think... That true. You know, like if you think about these big breakout Canadian TV shows that have happened in the last little while, it yeah. happened on Netflix, not because people watched them on TV.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? And,
2: and seem- a great example. Sorry. I was going to say a great example, um, and not to like self-promote here, but my partner put out, he's worked on a show for a long time in Canada uh, that just, uh, it, was, it was produced or paid for, I guess, by Bell. And they when Bell had it before it was allowed to be released on Netflix Bell had the exclusive rights to it they put it on at Saturday at night like got began against hockey night in Canada which is obviously the most popular show mm. there is in Canada so they put it on then no one saw it it's dropped on Netflix today and like more people have talked about it today than the entire time it was running on TV in Canada because bell doesn't want to put Canadian programming on during any time anyone might actually watch it. (laughs) So, so, you know, I don't buy their story that this is like so important to help Canadian content. I think it's for them just important to, you know, preserve their own profit margins. We solved it, guys.
0: Yeah, solved it.
1: (laughs) Fucking solved it. All
0: right. Well, I assume now that we've solved it, something will happen. Uh, A cut scene will begin. (laughs) We're gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. We did. We could do a freeze frame and everything. I think it seems like it's there's there's a few things here, right? Where it's like the sort of the bill seems to misunderstand. The relationship of Canadian media companies and stuff to CanCon, as you say, where it's like it's basically vegetables that they try to push off the plate and hide. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. also it misunderstands how something like Netflix or YouTube actually works, where like they can just like make a special algorithm that like differentiates between number one what content people are consuming. Right and number two, it's it's mostly like nutshot compilations. Like what? It's gonna push like <laughs> yeah. Canadian nutshot compilations up higher on your <laughs> queue. But even
1: something well, that that's the thing. Yeah. How are they gonna enforce this? You know, YouTube is a great example. Yeah. It's like you're you're going to ask uh, one of the most powerful media platforms in the world, like a. A new type of media since the last time you looked at media, mm-hmm. you know
0: maybe one of the, two um, two updates of media since the last time they looked at media, maybe
1: Yeah, yeah. You're going to ask this octopus platform to create like special rules for you to promote, yeah, Canadian nutshot videos, or what? <laughs> Or what? Yeah,
2: what's going to happen?
1: No, like, are we going to get a <laughs> firewall? Like, are, it's like everybody's going to get Nord VPN And then like,
0: <laughs> finally, I can watch my beloved Finnish nutshot videos.
2: I well, mean, and that's the other thing. It's like we're already avoiding like through licensing that already exists. We already have things like this where we can't watch certain things. People just get a VPN. Like you said, it's like it's not I don't think it's going to stop anybody from doing what they want,
0: um, and, and so I think, like the there is, but I, and the, on the other end, yeah. right? Like there is this very real tendency uh, that's being driven by, like you know, um, media sort of um, uh, 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 um, a, a, a great accumulation of capital. Let's say among a very small number of players in the media sector, whether that's you know um, uh, Disney turning everything into a Marvel character or. Um, and with it and owning its own streaming service vertically integrated, or Netflix doing the same thing, or Amazon doing the same thing. And this is a that it's. Well, it's funny to see, you know, the feckless Canadian liberal politicians sort of, you know, go up against that behemoth and get, like, you know, embarrassed. I mean, I enjoy seeing it. It's fun to watch. Um, It's also like this is also a political problem that requires politics to solve. But you're not going to solve the political problem of monopoly of media monopolies by basically politely using the tools of the early 90s to ask them to, like... Do a Canadian nutshot video or put Captain Canuck in the next Avengers movie. That's just not and, really how it's going to work. Mm-hmm.
2: and basically having a, a different media monopoly
0: be like, please don't do that. Yeah. we is our turf? We like being the monopoly. You go be the monopoly <laughs> yeah. over there. We want to be the monopoly here. <laughs> come on. we Come on. We're, gonna, we're making Canadian bones. But what do you want from us?
2: <laughs> well, that's the other thing too, right? It's like one of the big things in, in, in uh, Bill C-10 is that it talks about telling Canadian stories, which is insanely vague Mm -hmm. and uh like i don't know necessarily what that means and um i think it also puts kind of an unfair uh restriction on people because what if a canadian production wants to tell a story about somewhere else or something else like what does that necessarily mean right and i Mm -hmm. think that's that's another thing that uh just doesn't really make sense like, again it feels like it was written by someone who's never uh enjoyed anything they just like know some words that they ne- need to put in a bill
0: what you mean some like yeah. some kind yeah. of telecom executive and industry advocate for example <laughs> <laughs> yes that's right yeah one of, the, one of, the, one of those types yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I, I think, I think there's, th- there's like there's there's a few more things to this as well right where when you say tell canadian how can how we used to define telling canadian stories was just is something financed by canadians right as, as I, I understand mean, it. it's just is it canadian so you can yeah. you can be a production in canada starring canadians telling a story about canada and if you're not financed by canadians you're not CanCon. Uh, that's you as can i understand
1: be, it. Uh, you can be david kronberg and tell a story about um you know a group of people with telekinetic powers that make other people's heads explode yeah. That's a Canadian story.
0: That, that is it, and uh, and as we explored in our previous episode, it was actually a very legitimate Canadian story. But <laughs> now they're saying telling Canadian stories. It's like, it's like they adopted kind of like pop academic language of 2009 in their bill to try to make the Internet of 2007 more like the media environment of 1991. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem it just all seems so paltry and low effort.
2: Yeah. I do I do agree, though, that, like, I think it is true that uh, I don't want everything to just be, you know, in, in 10 years, do I want it to be, like, I just plug my brain into the Netflix machine? Like, not really. Like, yeah. I, I'm glad yeah. that, that they are trying to do something. Um, I think one of the other problems, though, is, like, Canada is, like... Our government and our even our population just feels so small when you p- stand it up against like Amazon, Disney Plus, and Netflix. Which I hate to say it, but like it just feels like, which is a scary thing on its own. Mm-hmm. That it, like a uh, gov- our national like government feels like a uh, the underdog against uh, <laughs> a company that used to rent DVDs to your mailbox.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's kind of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, I mean. So go ahead. In looking into this, I I did get a little paranoid about some aspects of this bill that don't really have to do with Canadian content and have and and it's not what the conservatives are saying is wrong with Bill C ten, which is basically that they're I don't know they're not going to be able to p- share Frazzle drip with their entire family like. uh or, or like post videos of uh, dash cam videos of them cooking a steak on their engine block to like own the fucking libs or whatever. <laughs> Bill C 10 is going what to we're...
0: remove the, the embarrassing billboard I put up of Justin Trudeau. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. What worried me was, was a, another CTV interview with this uh, Canadian pollster, Nick Nanos, where he outlines what he and the CTV host agrees with him, Is good and or bad uh, online activism or news. So on the good side, he puts Arab Spring, Mm -hmm. which, like, uh, debatable whether uh that was a good thing. A big
0: tick in the box for good for uh, all (laughs) of that on average. Let's just take all of the politics of kind of the Middle East and North Africa, or at least maybe, I don't know, half of them um, around, uh, 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 you know, around that area between sort of i don't know 2 to 2 years to approximately now and let's just put a big tick in the good column for that
1: <laughs> and let's not think about it anymore let's not look at libya let's not think about libya uh anywhere really also the all idea yeah, so yep th- it was it was
0: facebook what done it facebook made yeah. the middle east good everyone <laughs> tick
1: <laughs> so that to him is good and then on the bad side, he uncritically just says uh, there was foreign interference in Canada's elections, uh, and that is what made me feel uh, made my tummy hurt because, um, you know we we've seen a sort of taste of this current administration using uh, what they call you know disinformation or foreign foreign interference to say uh remove russian diplomats from this country or you know whatever like and and the idea that that this bill could be used to say uh censor a media outlet or uh restrict the flow of information that this government does not want and i know this sounds like the conservative point but um i don't i i think i think that that possibility exists just not for the stakes that they think it does you know I don't think the government's concerned with people posting memes. Mm-hmm.
2: No, and, and they've, um, they've been pretty, like, clear that that's not what they intend this to be used for. Um yeah. And I guess you can sort of... That's the thing. It's like, they can say that, and obviously the conservative sort of way of hearing that is like, well, that's what you would say if you wanted me to believe that you weren't going to use it for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if you, if you are trying to, like, give it a fair reading, I think you, you would... Hope that they're being honest with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, like if, if, if they did decide one day, I mean, I guess it kind of opens the door to the fact that they could use it like that if yeah. they wanted to and their asses would be covered, right? Um, yeah. Which I don't know.
0: So, I so say whenever I sort of hear something about like, you know, stopping hate online, I always think like this is what you always have to consider is that this is um, uh, a government. That, you know, this is a a government as part of like a collection of governments that considers like Palestinian solidarity, for example, to be an expression of hate speech. You know, uh, if you if you uh, express solidarity with Palestinians too much or in the wrong way, you are now have crossed the line into hate speech and are fair game for censorship. So that's when that's why I sort of tend to. I, I, just, I try to not to ever sort of get to kind of, you know, thinking, thinking like, ah, silver lining, small victories about stuff like hate speech laws like this, because I kind of know, I kind of know like what they, what they're sort of going to get used for. It's, it's over in the UK, right, is it, this sort of disinformation service in Britain, the anti-hate speech laws in britain where like the last time i think one of the anti-hate speech laws was used in a high profile way it was to bring criminal charges up against a guy who was like too rude about um the captain tom who was like a military like a hundred year old man who was like you know walked up and down his back
1: garden for the nhs right um captain tom is like the um the king of thailand but for England. right
2: (laughs) Just an old man with a cup of tea in his
1: garden. (laughs) You cannot insult him. Oh
0: yeah, we have uh, Les Tom... Uh, and uh, but all or like our, our like anti disinformation uh social media campaigns or whatever, none of them are focused on the fact that like our extremely concentrated media landscape in terms of ownership is the biggest source of like you know hate speech, disinformation. Like direct, like national newspapers will print like I refuse to wear my mask, COVID is a scam, blah blah blah. They'll print stuff like um. Calling for the actual genocide of gypsy Romani traveler people like they'll just they, like and and it's all there, but like our leg- our legal framework is such that it's pointed away from the established players where those problems are rife towards uh you know um social media, which is seen to be this sort of you know hive of you know conspiracism and hate and all this and I don't see an exact photocopy of that in Bill C ten, but I think what I see outside of the sort of you know ludicrous CanCon con um, ambitions is a kind of similar ambition. There's 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 this idea that there is the social internet, whatever it is, and that that is inherently dangerous, and that we need to make sure that the norms of the professional journalist class are upheld, even though the profession that professional journalist class. You know, may have tried to get Canada involved in every war that it could have since uh <laughs> that we had a newspaper industry in Canada, you know
1: since the Boer war maybe yeah.
0: more or less yeah, yeah.
2: i mean I, I think if you want to take it at its like purest intentions, I do think that it's important to fund Canadian yes. arts yes, and culture. I, yeah, I think that that's absolutely. something that like that Canada has been uh, you know, sort of good at in some ways and then sort of very, very, very bad at in some ways. I think that the the music side of CanCon, like I said earlier, like we really have having worked in radio, you know, and I am on okay, so first of all, if you ever want to have a really good time, go to uh s-o-w-n-y.net. It's the southern Ontario North uh Southern Ontario, West New York, so S-O-W-N-Y, um, radio board, and it's all ancient radio men bitching about CanCon all day long in, like, a 1998 message board sort of style website, and it's wonderful, and all they care about is, like, AM radio and, like, the classic rock station um, in their neighborhood. And um, basically, you know, they, they, every every now and then there'll be one where they're complaining that there's too much CanCon, you have to play too much CanCon, they should lower it down the CanCon rules, and I do not understand that argument because it's like at this point, they're like saying, "Well, oh, oh, you know, you can't you can't get as many people listening to the radio. It's like, well, no one's listening to the radio. People talk about that all the time. And I work for the radio and then people talk about how it's declining, you know, playing good music or playing Canadian music or playing the music you want. You literally play the music that you want to play and people would still be leaving radio. But. I don't think that it hurts radio to be playing Canadian music. It only helps Canadian artists to be doing that. Like, I don't think you lose out. Like, do you think that people are going to stop tuning into like the eight FBI TV shows on CTV? If they're a Canadian show instead, they'll still watch it. They have nothing else to do. They're watching it already. Like they haven't turned it off yet. They're going to stay and watch.
0: Oh no. I, I, I think, I think that's, that's basically right. Um, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I think the one of the things that sort of, especially from this conversation, that's been co- sort of clear to me, is that like, you know, this is uh, uh, this is uh, one of the that this is sort of the project, the product of kind of two monopolies kind of coming in, coming into opposition with one another, and mm-hmm. at least from a content you know perspective, from the sort of you know speech regulation perspective, it's a whole different bag ha- bag of hammers. But from the sort of content regulation perspective, it's a bit like two monopolies clashing. but again, if the product of that two, those two monopolies clashing is that like it's pretty much easier to get a career in the arts in Canada, fine yeah. That's, uh, that is absolutely that is thousand percent a beneficial outcome of that clash of monopolies. I
2: would love you know i, I I'm very happy uh, doing a show in the states now and and, and you know seeing what this world is like doing radio down here one of the reasons that I did like sort of one of the few reasons that I left was because there are nowhere there's nowhere to go in Canada there are very few opportunities and I really would love it if there were more mm. that's the thing it's like if there's a way to create more opportunities you know I I'm behind it I don't know if this bill is the thing that's going to do it rats
0: oh well back to the <laughs> liberal drawing board they only know how to i mean look <laughs> They have absolutely uh-huh. knocked it out of the park in terms of memorializing fascists. So you know, let's just have them apply That's some of those true. transferable skills from that to this.
2: Give yeah, one more exactly.
1: chance.
2: Who else are we going to elect yeah, anyway?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what you want to vote for the uh, the corporate ghouls at the NDP Suncor board members? Yeah. Come on. We come chose on.
0: the marketing department. What do you want to go over to the HR department or that guy with the oil <laughs> on his face? Come on. <laughs> oh, my. Um, shall, shall we go into the from zone and then, uh, you know, and then dial in to talk about some corner gas? Well, yeah. hey, in podcast yeah, time, it. we're going to do that more or less contiguously. But in, uh, out there in podcast listening world, you know, you're going to have to wait a couple of days for the, uh, the primo CG material.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at a at a piece of media by another Canadian who went to the United States. Absolutely,
0: the a, a Canadian who went to the United States to teach them to be more annoying, uh, and then became an Atlantic staff writer, and so now um, is a different and almost almost you know um, a more American style of annoying, but about Canadian stuff. Uh,
2: which one's hotter? Do you think?
0: Well, which one's hotter? What? <laughs> Wait
1: between.
2: Brent Butt Or Oh I thought you were talking about Corner Gas oh. And their success there And then who we're about to no. talk about Oh I mean Which one's hotter mind. David
0: Frum or uh, Brent Butt uh,
2: Yeah that's where I was going oh. for I thought that you were comparing the two let's of them see. Then I realized I was the for, The Canadian went to America That you were talking uh, no, about but- <laughs> I'm hotter than both of them Let's be honest No
0: I actually um, <laughs> was talking about da- about David Frum A Canadian who learned to be annoying oh. in America <laughs>
1: From and from and but both have the same kind of like uh, big bee stung lips. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. very kissable men. They've
2: got big heads in general. Yeah. I feel uh,
1: like. yeah. So
0: um, this is David, David From has written an annoying article uh, about um, John A. McDonald and specifically statues to John A. McDonald and specifically why we should all think statues to John A. McDonald are a okay and we shouldn't be mean to the statues. Um, uh, and I, I think it's worth talking about If only because It just illustrates uh, I mean as if it needed to be illustrated further uh, Sort of in addition to being A uh, roundly evil man What an intellectual mediocrity From is Oh yeah. Um, he writes In his lifetime, MacDonald often remarked Forms are things Attacks on the symbols of nationhood are not merely Symbolic actions They strike at the nationhood the symbols represent and by the standards of any age, Sir John A. Macdonald was a good-humored, tolerant, liberal-minded man, legendary for his indulgence of criticism and for the charm of his personality.
2: You can already tell this is a guy who spent too much time in America.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: If you stay in Canada, you never start no. thinking like that. You're just yeah. like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care. I, ever, You know, like two weeks ago when they took down the statue of uh, Egerton Ryerson? Yeah. I went to Ryerson. I didn't even know his name was Egerton for the first like two years I was there. And then they took it down and I was like, I, I had no idea before this uh more recent stuff with the indigenous like uh residential schools happened what he had ever even done. I just was like, Oh, that's mm. that guy. No one it meant nothing. Mm. People were like, Oh, this is horrible that you're taking it down. I was like, Who cares? Take it <laughs> all down.
0: We don't know who he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, even uh even who's that dipshit? Uh conceptual James. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, uh, wait, can you please
0: take this back? Um, This James is too conceptual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Big thinking Jim, Uh, like, basically, basically waded into this conversation about canceling Canada Day and mentioned the Ryerson statue. And it's just like, I, I think you're right. Like, like, uh, uh, smart Jim is, uh, himself an American. He's from Kentucky. And from has clearly spent too much time down there. Uh,
0: Jimmy Concepts uh, is out of his depth.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) And uh, (laughs) James of the Forms. Uh,
1: James of Forms.
2: I also like Forms are things. Great start here, oh,
0: um, To be fair to David Frum, which I hate to do, I I, I did pick, skip over the bits where he's like, you know, fear mongering for the first few paragraphs and tried to get to the meat oh, of it. Oh, okay. But that is how he kicks off the meat of the article. Um, yes.
2: They should, you should have called this, uh, you should do this as a recurring segment and call it yeah. Frum's Forms. Well,
0: I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think you might have just hit on a little bit of podcasting gold there. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) uh, from us, why is McDonald suddenly so beleaguered? And I think this will help our American listeners, which again, by the way, Dan, I don't know if I've told you this. The majority of our listeners are indeed American.
1: Amazing. I love to export Canadian culture. So So we
0: are we are we are ambassadors for Canada. Um, Johnny McDonald, for our American listeners, was Canada's first prime minister uh, and um, essentially kicked off the country in the form that it is today. Uh, For which David Frum thinks deserves uh, as many statues as you could possibly give him. We're going to give him statue after statue after statue after statue. statue. And again, the crucial thing is that we don't really have much of a national mythology. So, like, it's weird that there are more than a couple statues of of Johnny McDonald, (laughs) realistically. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, like, how visionary could a man be (laughs) if the country ended up just being, like, four telecoms and three banks and that's, like, our entire... (laughs) Canadian culture. The, giant,
1: the fucking giant nickel in Sudbury is is a more representational statue than, than a John A. McDonald. I mean, let's it's true.
0: <laughs> I went to Lard Lad Donuts in St. Catharines and I felt a deep connection to the land. <laughs> um, so uh, why is McDonald suddenly so beleaguered? Why does this motivated minority want to erase the honors paid to his memory? The minority being that the majority of Canadians think John A. McDonald was fine. Because we basically mostly don't have an
1: opinion about him.
2: You don't learn anything <laughs> yeah. about him. You don't you, know anything about Johnny McDonald as a Canadian.
1: That's it. The, the, yeah, that's yeah, it. He's the, he's the number one guy. First guy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Number one guy. He's a yeah, number one
1: right. guy. So- says
0: mcdonald stands accused by his detractors less of things he did than things he failed to do he failed to provide sufficient aid to indigenous people impoverished by the disappearance of the buffalo from the western prairies which he then says was the americans fault
2: i feel like saying he failed to provide sufficient aid is a real yeah uh flipping around of what actually happened
0: also like how long you you failed to why did they need aid
2: yeah exactly Uh, why were you the one who was in a
0: position to provide it (laughs) why didn't you do it well uh he failed to anticipate the abuses that would arise in the residential schools his government created for native students this was published after the mass grave where basically he says look the the sort of one of the, the the national progenitor of this project can't be blamed for his like let's get rid of native culture project claiming many native lives." which is astonishing. If
2: if your first instinct when, yeah, when you hear that news and, and you see what's kind of the reaction to it is to write an article defending Sir Johnny McDonald. Like you're a despicable man.
1: (laughs) Yes. Right.
0: (laughs) And I mean, I think like arguments over arguments over statues and, and, and stuff like it's always, I, I think, you know, take, take them all down. Number one, you know, because, um, uh, the graven image to carve a graven image is a sin. So, you know, everyone write that down. Um, but I, I ultimately, you know, you have to ask, actually, what is the sort of hagiography? What is, are these sort of, because what are, is, is sort of saying that we have to have these sort of encomiums written in bronze to our various, like, you know, um, sort of early national leaders doing? What's its function? Well, its function is like the sort of the, is, is, is providing sort of ideological fuel for the ongoing, you know, delegitimization of you know, native claims to their land. Of like, a pre- it's pre- actually what it does is it prevents Canadians from like withdrawing their consent potentially to that continuing to happen. You know, it's the, the they're these. These statues become political because, like, all because not because the statues become political, but to draw attention away from the actual political things that are actually happening, of which this like uh, uh, opposition to these, you know, statues is kind of exhaust, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, if if if, if from really believed that the symbolic thing was so important, then wouldn't he also believe that taking it down would be that important because that would also be?
0: Uh.
1: Oh, are I, you going to go on
0: I here? Wrote I, that, can- <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote that down in uh, angry font uh, later on oh, okay, good. <laughs> because he said, "Yes, the symbols are important, and when you t- and the symbols and the nation are the same thing, and when you strike at the heart of the symbol, you strike at the heart of the nation." Again, that sort of claim is just allowed to float on by, uh, unsupported. Yeah. Um, so he basically had to spend several paragraphs defending uh, residential schools saying, look, they were well intended. Again, which the conservative party no longer even has that as its official line. Like, yeah, they had they like that is so unpopular as a position. And so obviously, like morally rancid that, they, that the conservative party of Canada, the ultimate like trigger the libs machine north of the border had to stop saying it. Um, which is a st- I mean this, this is an article for Americans Is the other thing right mm-hmm. um, try, because That's why it sort of Comes off so weird
2: Americans are never going to read this article About a Johnny McDonald no, statue They're <laughs> going to
1: read the name Johnny McDonald And their eyes are going to glaze yeah. over And they're going <laughs> to flip the page even... <laughs> And read the fucking whatever Megan will call oh, you know, column you know It's in the Atlantic though This next.
0: is for American liberals They will read it Because they love, they love their fantasy of what Canada is and that's, that's and ridiculous. so now they're saying, oh, we have to, I, I, it, just in case, like, I don't know like, you know, like Tom Cotton or Baron Trump wins in 2020 or Don Jr. wins in 2024, I need to make sure that I can move to Canada where the statues are still going to be safe from BLM. Uh, <laughs> uh, he says, McDonald believed that assimilation would save people endangered by the collapse of their accustomed way of life, which he again says is not at all the fault of Canada. It's the fault of one specific thing that happened in the U.S. that caused a buffalo crisis. just happened. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So weird. Um,
0: and allowed him to buffalo. be welcomed as equals into the country he was building. Again, thank you. Thank you, Johnny McDonald, for building this stupid fucking country. Mm. And also, he goes on, he says, McDonald's probably not well-known outside of Canada. Unlike George Washington, Simon Bolivar, and yeah
2: it's too late for that part of the article to happen you should start that at the
1: very beginning
0: (laughs) that should be the beginning and end of the article
1: in conclusion yeah
0: Yeah. in conclusion uh johnny mcdonald not known outside of canada and this article will not change that goodbye everybody i'm quitting the atlantic to go live in solitude (laughs) and 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 think about what i've done Toussaint Louverture or other founders of new world states. McDonald was not a military hero. Uh, Again, just putting George Washington and Bolivar and uh, and Toussaint Louverture together in one list of leaders (laughs) as military Mm -hmm. heroes. Again, just shows like you have a fantastic grasp of history and what it means. Um. Oh my goodness. Uh and so he but it, basically right the article is ba- is about saying look John A McDonald didn't actually do anything bad he was a very nice man personally and yes in his administration there was an um you know uh, some things that you know my in fact he actually says genocide was a term created elsewhere to describe something else and it's offensive to use it to talk about what Canada did
2: well, as we all know, if a word is created somewhere else about something else, you can never use it for uh, any other meaning. Yeah, yeah ever absolutely. Uh, Words are for one thing only. Ever yeah, genocide and that's it.
0: happened in Europe in the middle of the 20th century. Uh, never happened anywhere else. Uh, and it's offensive to say to say otherwise. Um. So, but and basically, he says right, like, um, that all of this stuff that's unconnected to and and, and that basically right, like. McDonald should have his statues because all of the bad stuff that people are saying about him wasn't really his fault. But earlier, Frum said that the statues were the symbols of the nation. And so what is it? Is it a symbol of the nation, which was bigger than all of the little mistakes he made because he was working with a limited government to try to you know, build a railway or whatever? Or are there a reward you get for being a good boy? Which one is it?
2: You know it is actually a very Canadian thing if you think about it that way where it's like there is nothing really there that we're symbolizing but it's all the little things that maybe we didn't yeah. do oh, that were like that's what I feel like Canadian their Canada does like to see from, itself
1: from his a, way a terrible error in this article in that like if he was going to write the ultimate conservative take on statues and and their utility the sort of weird conservative libertarian take on them the take he he should have is that statues of people like John A. McDonald are worthless because they have no utility? What's important is the statues of ballock that you shovel human sacrifice into, so uh, riches are rained down upon
0: you. <laughs> so he says, this is not a reckoning with history; it's a refusal to reckon with the actual possibilities open to the people of the past. So, like, he's like, he just—it's just—it's not anyone's fault, really. It's no one's fault. It's very convenient it's no one's fault, and, um, <laughs> and it's uh, mean to the memory of John A. McDonald uh, to reconsider that. He says, it is not moral responsibility, it's a flight from responsibility. Again, responsibility for what? Statue maintenance?
1: <laughs> Unclear. It's a
0: flight from responsibility into <laughs> rituals of self-purification through denunciation and destruction. It's easier to perform outrage than improve outcomes in education, addiction, and economic development. It was like, "Hey, what, pal? Huh? Why are you taking? Why are you taking down that statue when you could be lifting up your community?"
1: <laughs> from to Canada, pull up pants. <laughs> this is like the guy who fucking tweeted out today, like, "Oh, everyone, everyone who's uh, posting photos of like the the Gestapo like behavior of the Toronto police as they uh, remove unhoused people from Trinity Bellwoods." Better be going to Trinity Bellwoods and like work at a food bank or like mm. you know it's just fucking yeah it's absurd
0: yeah uh and also it's like froms Paul politics are about well don't do anything about any of the imagery about it do something substantive but don't do anything substantive because that would be socialism so d- maybe right how right. about don't do anything don't do
2: anything how about just don't yeah, do anything. exactly.
0: Ah, uh, fortunately, uh, he is a uh, widely hated irrelevance. So,
2: <laughs> if there was a statue of David Frum, I would lead uh, the way to take a it down.
0: Statue David from, I would be the right. I would be right there defending it.
1: <laughs> what if there was a statue of David Frum's head on Brent Butt's body, then?
0: Hell yeah, baby! He'd be
2: on every single Canadian television yeah, that, channel. You know, that's CanCon I would <laughs> every watch.
0: <day>. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if they could do yeah. like a Venture Brothers I mean, thing where where uh, where both where they have to share a body and you get to see Brent Butt yes. and David Frum argue.
1: Yeah.
2: Between Brent Butt and David Frum, how many Canadian television hours have actually been you know used up between the two of them? Probably like...
1: Just incalculable. Yeah, I mean,
0: Absolutely. You know and that's why Impossible we to tell. and that's
2: why we need we need C10. We, we need did. Bill C10 yes. to make sure there's more space for David Frum and there's more space yep. for Brent Butt. And
1: more space for the <laughs> David Frum, Brent Butt uh Golem. The- I
0: I think the, the the real the real answer here is that um I'm very excited to announce that I'm going to be executive producing a new political talk show where we're going to get an opinion from the right and an opinion from the left. (laughs) (laughs) Crossfire with Brett with Button from with with From (laughs) (laughs) But. Uh, he concludes Hell yeah. He concludes. yeah What's happening to McDonald's memory in Canada Is wrong in both the sense that it's untrue And the sense that it's unjust You can really feel the self-satisfaction Dripping off that sentence mm-hmm. um, Untrue because it's like It's not his fault it's, It was external factors Don't worry about why he was the only person In a position to respond to those external factors And like a lot of ways of life Were kind of being eliminated Um and uh leave McDonald's monuments to weather in the respect they deserve in the parks and squares of the gentle country he founded in his own kindly image.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh I
0: am I, I am going to vomit.
2: I will say that one of the only things, one of the only things I know about uh Johnny McDonald, really, that I picked up growing up here was that he was a drunk. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, like that's the only hairs. thing anyone knows.
1: Yeah, yeah. Raging alcoholic.
2: Kindly image, like nobody knows that. I never you that. You make once. a statue
1: of him as a cool. drunk. <laughs> you should,
0: you should, yes,
2: the I would yeah. say okay. You should that's do a okay. statue of Sir John A. <laughs>
0: McDonald, like holding an LC bag, <laughs> like a green bottle coming out of it. But <laughs> 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 with, the, with the, like, his pants ripped, his heart shaped boxer is coming out from underneath. I would uh, that uh, there's a statue.
1: His finger raised in the uh, and another thing uh, gesture.
2: He's got some food stuck to his yes. face. All right. God,
0: we're coming up with so many good ideas on this on this show. But uh, as I look at the time, it is uh, very late in Britain, and we still have another show to record. So I, I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna leave the ideas there. And instead, I think it only falls to us now to say, uh, Raina, thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us today. Yeah, thank
2: you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Uh, I was so happy too. I think we uh, solved yeah. a lot of uh, problems. We, we started
0: several came up businesses. With some great ideas. We solved the statue
1: mm-hmm. problem. Yeah,
2: we came up with sev- several statue <laughs> ideas. We're, yeah, and yeah. froms forms, Ma- which we'll be starting. Yeah, uh, exactly. Soon.
1: Uh, yeah. Monument solvers. That's uh, uh... (laughs) we have
0: fixed so many problems with monuments today. It has been a monumental (laughs) episode. Uh, but oh, that's right. That's right. We're ending on a strong one to get people to subscribe to the Patreon, which, as you know, is seven Canadian dollars per month for a second episode a week. This week, as we've said earlier, will be corner gas with Eat Chain. (laughs)
1: Will, s- will you listen to me read some corner gas fanfiction? Will
0: this be the episode? That- oh, that boy, exists? does it ever. There's so much of it. Yeah. Uh, will this be the episode Fair of CanCon that finally drives CJ insane, insane, insane? <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Uh, indeed. We, finally, we can. Well, last, what, Bon Cop, Bad Cop 2 made him 12% more insane than normal. Uh, so let's see if we can get him over the edge. Uh, (laughs) anyway I think we could do it folks Uh, I think then uh, from our family to your family see you in a couple of days on the bonus bye bye